Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. I'm Chrissy Jambowski and have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. One of us is in the school-age day-to-day of parenting. And one of us is on the other side now. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Beth Ann. And this is Chrissy. And today we are here with Gretchen Hagenbuch from Karen Treatment Centers to talk about marijuana, THC, cannabis, everything related and that falls under that umbrella. Um, so Karen Treatment Centers are an internationally recognized nonprofit dedicated to addiction and behavioral health care treatment research, prevention, and addiction medicine education. And they are also a second-time guest organization for us. So the first return guest organization for our podcast. Um, so Gretchen, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Gretchen. Um, I think we'd like to always start and ask our, our guests on our podcast to tell us a little bit about what it is they do for their organization, um, sort of their, their role and responsibility and their like priority areas. Oh, boy. Well, um, I wear a couple different hats within Karen. One of my hats is working with people who are uh, liaisons into schools within the student assistance program. I supervise them. They are boots on the ground, helping kids every day. The other hat that I wear, which is kind of the hat I'm wearing currently, is education prevention, presentations. I enjoy, you know, helping people understand the importance of these topics. I like talking to parents and students and professionals. So those are my hats. I have a very interesting job. Oh, that's cool. That's really interesting because so you're working with, you know, youth directly, but also with the folks who are um, helping with prevention and intervention around marijuana use, and most importantly, I think also a lot of times is the role with parents and making sure parents and professionals um, are not basing what they know about marijuana off of perhaps their own historic experiences and uh, the need to make sure that they're current with what's happening uh, with use and with with marijuana. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So as we start to talk about all things cannabis, um, some information that we're seeing in our own school district here in Downingtown, I went ahead and I pulled our most recent Pays or Pennsylvania Youth Survey data just to kind of get an idea of where we were at as far as use among our students and our own community. And so this data actually showed that 24% of 10th graders and 42% of 12th graders have tried marijuana in their lifetime. And about a quarter of our 12th graders have used in the past 30 days. And then among those who use vaping products, and we had our episode with Selena talking about vaping more specific to nicotine. So among those kids that might be using different vaping products, we see that about 30% of eighth graders, 48% of 10th graders, and 54% of 12th graders are vaping marijuana. So that's not necessarily the pods with nicotine or flavors, but um, marijuana or hash oil. So, and we're seeing that that use is rising on a national level. It'll be interesting to see since this data that we have most recently is from 2019, what that'll look like for um, when we get the results in in the spring for our 2021 data, because the survey is done every two years. So we're definitely seeing, and I'm sure 
Gretchen, you can kind of speak to this. Um, rates of use, staying steady maybe, um, or possibly on the increase. So I guess the first thing that we should probably cover and talk about is, you know, what does marijuana look like these days? Because even in these stats, it's like mentioning vaping products as a vehicle to use. So what does marijuana look like um, in the different forms that exist? And how are you in the field seeing kids use it most often? Good questions. Um, before we dive into that, right? I'm not putting it off, but I want to clarify two things that I think are important. One is this is a really super duper polarizing topic. And um, in the situation that we're discussing it, we're talking about adolescent use. And uh, there's an opportunity to have your toes stepped on when someone is discussing something that you might be using when you're an adult. So mm -hmm. I'm asking everyone listening to realize that really my issue with marijuana is primarily adolescent use. It is so much da more dangerous and different than, than adult use. Secondly, and actually your numbers speak to this, is despite what your listeners might believe, the majority of high school students are non-users. Mm. The majority of high school students graduate high school having never used marijuana and actually having never been drunk. And there's a big false perception around that. And mm -hmm. one of my jams is to try to help correct that false perception. Mm -hmm. the, the last thing I want is for a kid to think that for some reason they're non-use of cannabis is somehow abnormal. It's not. Mm. Right? So back to your question, mm. what does marijuana look like today? Um, it's a bit of a monster, actually. <laughs> it, it is. And it, you know, it's a monster that we have sort of created. It's much too strong. And there's really multiple ways to ingest it, like you spoke to earlier. It, it can be smoked just like old school, mm -hmm. uh, it can be inhaled via uh, a vape device and it can mm -hmm. be eaten, which is, you, you know, usually called an edible. Edible, yeah. Most often it's smoked. So most often these days it's still combustible, okay. uh, but close behind it and slowly creeping its way up is vaping. And that's really, really concerning because of what they're vaping. Um, these products uh, are concentrated versions of smokable cannabis. And I also want to make you aware of a couple other things. Delta 8. Mm -hmm. When we talk about THC, we're talking about Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. That's the THC that is the active ingredient in marijuana slash cannabis. Mm -hmm. but, but because of a glut in hemp, and I could talk for a long time about that, um, CBD producers have been yes. able to create these other products, Delta 8 THC, Delta 10 THC, and another one called THCO, which is THC acetate. These are currently legal, okay, available for purchase. Uh, like in a dispensary as medical sure. marijuana? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. No, or a head shop, you know, okay. and a vape shop where a person might buy tobacco, like oh. a nicotine product. These are legal because the, um, you know, the law hasn't caught up on them. And because they are created from CBD, they're easily, okay. they're more easily available in the same way that K2 or spice uh-huh. is able to be purchased in truck stops. You know, and it's the same way that CBD, I would assume, because CBD right. is, is the, the difference is CBD. Yeah, can you talk about the two things? Cause there's, that's the, those are the two main chemicals. Yeah. That are, so are, CBD is non-psychoactive. Right. Right. I mean, cannabis has hundreds of chemicals and the ones we talk about the most are the THC and the CBD. From CBD, this non-psychoactive chemical Mm -hmm. is created these intoxicating delta-8, delta-10 and THC acetate because people are always going to be more clever than the law. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because something is legal and available doesn't mean that it's safe. And these are probably more so unsafe simply because they're not tested. And there's, uh, from the research I've read, there's heavy metals in them there. Any vaping, anything vaped is dangerous simply because it's so oily, Mm -hmm. right? It's just bad, bad stuff. So is the Delta just before we leave this is so are these things they end up even though technically it can be marketed and sold as cbd which i would say cbd kind of falls into the supplement category of types of things that people might buy like cbd gummies to help you sleep or tinctures and oils and lotions and those types of things that doesn't it's not scheduled like marijuana is and it's not considered psychoactive like you said like thc but so these different, cause I remember seeing Delta 10 or Delta eight or something in the news. I saw, I read an article about it. So are they being sold as CBD supplemental products, but no. tech, oh, okay. No, but they, they, t- but they do have psychoactive properties yes. to them. And they are labeled as Delta eight, Delta 10. And okay. they don't add, they don't advertise as any sort of CBD product. Um, perhaps leading the purchaser to, you know, they're not trying to sell themselves off as non-psychoactive. They're selling themselves as psychoactive products. Now, that being said, I don't know if it's available in Downingtown. And Mm -hmm. I always am concerned about talking about new products where young people could hear this. And -hmm. I encourage parents to not necessarily introduce their 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 kids to something they haven't heard of yet, right? Mm. Hey, kids, have you heard about Delta 8 and Delta 10? And they're like, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you can get it. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's something we should promote. Yeah. But parents should be aware of it, for sure. Okay. So what you're saying is there isn't, so you the forms that you're seeing are dry leaf, which is like smokable. Yep. Vaping it. Yep. And anything. Okay. And eating it are the top ones. Yep. Okay. What about wax and the shatter and butter? Yeah, that would fall into the inhaling, which would be like vaping. Whether it's inhaling out of a vape device 
like similar to nicotine, or if it would be inhaling by taking a little bit of it, heating it with a butane torch and inhaling it through a pipe that's still okay. considered inhaling. And it's also important to realize that it's still considered THC concentrate. And, you know, at some point we'll talk about how strong that is. Wow. So as I was thinking about, Gretchen, when you were talking about the different forms and, and types of products available, and you mentioned there's like hundreds of compounds and chemicals and things that are in marijuana, what are the um, the health impacts? And again, we're looking at it as with adolescence, because I think it was really important that you made that distinction early on, right? From adult use, because it's a whole nother category, it's a whole different conversation and adolescent use and, and adolescent development and the brain and, there, and, and all of the things that are significantly different between youth and adults. So what would be the health impacts that are really important for youth? Because I think as Chrissy was going through the PACE survey, I was thinking about conversations with youth who really think that there really are no serious health effects because, um, because medicinal marijuana is legal because it's a plant, because, I mean, they got the message that cigarettes are dangerous, but, you know, they're not really seeing the hundreds of chemicals behind marijuana. So I think with all of that, it comes down to there are serious consequences to adolescent use. And what are those health impacts then? Yeah, I, I almost wonder if parents realize how important it is to sort of respect their child's undeveloped brain, right? It's their yeah. blessing and it's their curse. Like the blessing of it is they learn languages so quickly and multiple musical instruments, right? And algebra and geometry and they're just amazing. And then the downside of that gift is that they can become dependent on substances so much quicker. And then the damage that occurs can take a child off rail mm -hmm. and really, really impact their future. So for teens, yes, the, 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 the health risk is just much greater. Mental health-wise, um, marijuana users have a greater risk of anxiety disorders like and that's interesting there's a lot of things about marijuana that are that are sort of an unfortunate juxtaposition we we hear that some people some teens might say that i take it because it helps me sleep i take it because it helps me with my anxiety and in reality thc does the opposite right um so uh, a young user would have a greater risk of anxiety issues greater risk of sleep disorders, uh, greater risk of psychosis, mm -hmm. something that mm -hmm. never used to happen when marijuana was the way it was in the 70s. Um, early onset of schizophrenia, which is terrifying, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Um, I hesitate to say it, but it's true. Uh, an increased risk of suicidality. Mm -hmm. There's a clear line that connects um, suicidality and marijuana use. Um, 
And that's just really unfortunate, you know, cognitive health, talk about that brain development, mm -hmm. you know, the prefrontal cortex, which is their decision making part of their brain, but it also affects their, their memory, mm -hmm. um, problem solving, yeah. uh, learning. Um, there's even research, there was a 25 year research uh, study done out of New Zealand that showed that early marijuana use can actually affect IQ levels. And that sounds like something that parents make up to scare their children. Like, mm. it's going it's to uh, make you yeah. stupid. It's going to lower your IQ. But there actually is research that shows that something happens when adolescents use that doesn't happen when adults yeah. use. And that's their learning. And, and let me just say one more thing. My biggest, I would say this falls under social health, apathy. Mm. Oh, good point. Wow, right. One of our so, other guests talked about that too yes. with her with her, uh, her own personal story with her son mm -hmm. she has shared. That was a big piece of it. Just yeah. like flat, being completely flat. So in my experience with, mar with marijuana slash cannabis, um, Everybody sets a bar for themselves, like, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't have to be the parental influenced bar, you know, Stanford and, you know, whatever, but the bar, I want to have enough money to be, to live on my own. I want to fall in love someday. I have never seen a drug so subtly and so devastatingly lower the bar and make that lowered bar perfectly mm. acceptable. I've never that's heard anybody a, say it that way. No. That's a great way to put it, Gretchen. I've never Excellent. heard anybody say yeah. it that way. And it's my, it, that's my own experience with the drug. It, it just says, this is good enough. And it's, and it's not, right? Mm. Yeah. Great point. Thanks. That's a great message. It, yeah, absolutely. I don't want a kid to try marijuana because what if they like it, right? Yeah. I've had students say to me, what's the worst, what's the worst thing? What's the worst drug you ever did? They asked me that once. And I said, the one I liked, mm -hmm. like we are humans that are hmm. pleasure seeking. Mm -hmm. I don't worry yeah. about a kid who tries marijuana and doesn't like the feeling. The problem is you don't know which one you're going to be. Mm. And some of us yeah. walk around like we have a little hole inside ourselves that we don't even know exists. And then we take a drug and we breathe a sigh of relief because you want to feel like this forever. And those are the kids that end up yeah. being of concern. Yeah. And you're right, it's, it does depend. But if I'm talking to parents, you know, their job is to try to the best of their ability to, to get these kids to delay their use mm -hmm. or, right. or, or right. not have interest in it while, mm -hmm. and then pointing out that if you're not using kid, you're normal. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, and that apathy, that apathy feeling that you were just describing is so contagious. So if you have a group of friends and you're you all bet. sort of here, we all are, 
Yeah. But we can lower that bar for the group. And yep. now you have this group norm that you've just created right. where you're all like, oh, yeah, this is great. We can. And so you're reinforcing. That's mm-hmm. right. We will, it, uh, you, know, you know, we'll seek out the people that mirror yeah. us, that exactly. co-sign us. Yeah. Because yep. we all do that. We mm-hmm. all do that. Yeah. Right. 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 So just beyond the obvious health risks, I like that, that adding on that dimension of the social consequences. Oh, yeah. Of marijuana They're huge. Use. And they're they are huge. huge because if you set that bar low, it's going to impact education. It's going to impact ability, er, you know, earning a living, yep. uh, options on where you live, the, you know, all your expectations Everything. for yourself. It's just, right, your whole life is framed then by that. Well, I'm yeah. thinking of kids too. It's like taking on those adult roles. So depending on it, mm-hmm. we know the earlier you start to use a substance, whether it's marijuana, yeah. whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, again, back to that brain development piece, the earlier you initiate use, mm-hmm the more likely you are to become dependent on that substance, right? So Mm -hmm. the less likely you will then be to then be able to take on an adult role and do all those achievements and those types of things. Not that it'll never happen, but there's a likelihood that some things won't. So there is a certain, like, Mm -hmm. along with any use disorder comes a bit of stunted growth. The arrested development. Yep. It's a bit like you stop collecting tools for your toolbox and, Turning to the substance to placate feelings or disappointments Mm -hmm. or life that we're all supposed to survive by showing up for it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, Gretchen, so you're going to tell us about how marijuana today is different of that of the past after we take a quick break. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Hey, Karen, what are you doing? It looks like you're doing some sort of shuffle. Oh, hi, Chrissy. I'm practicing my shuffle. Your shuffle. For the snowball shuffle, CTC's first annual 5K run and one mile walk. Oh, yes, that's coming up. It's on Saturday, March 5th at Eagle View Corporate Center, right? Yes, you got it. And the whole family's invited. Okay, so tell me, Karen, as our CTC development director, what do people have to look forward to when they register? In addition to getting a cozy sweatshirt. We're going to have team contests with prizes, a hot chocolate station, raffle items, and more good stuff. Wow, I love that. I love that this event not only supports CTC's mission to empower individuals to live healthier, fuller lives, it's also a fundraiser to support this podcast, other parent programs, plus our youth hype clubs. And hype stands for Healthy Youth Positive Energy. Absolutely. CTC counts on donations to support everything we do. Okay, so where do we go for more information and to sign up? Go to runsignup.com and search Snowball Shuffle to register. And while you're there, you can also create a fundraising team. Great, and I will be sure to add the registration link to our show notes too so everyone can access it there. We hope to see you March 5th at the Snowball Shuffle. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. All right. And we're back. So how would you say, Gretchen, is marijuana, cannabis, THC different today from maybe, you know, the marijuana and weed of the past? If you take all of time from the 1960s and before, so 1960s and everything before that, Marijuana 
was at a consistent uh, potency, right? It was half of 1% THC. Half of 1%. And, and sometimes people who are, are cannabis curious might say, well, it's natural. You know, it's provided by the universe and it's natural. Yep. That's the last time that cannabis was actually natural. The way that it came into the world was at half of 1% THC. That is so low mm-hmm. that it wasn't really intoxicating. That's the way that it was intended to be. And then humans started intervening on it. In the 60s and 70s, the THC, the active ingredient that causes the intoxication, was up to about 1% to 2%. And that is why people who went to Woodstock in the summer of love and smoked marijuana and then, you know, lived their life and were able to stop, go on, become doctors and lawyers and responsible parents and contributed to society because it was 1% to 2%. It was weak. It was benign. Nobody got addicted. Nobody had to go to rehab. In the 80s and 90s, it was up to about 3 to 4%. Now it's 20%. That's just the green dried stuff. Um, mm-hmm. When we get to concentrates, you know, they take this dried weed and then they chemically treat it and they extract the THC out of it. We're talking 40 to 99% THC. And for some of our teens, this is how they're getting introduced to marijuana at these phenomenally mind destroying levels. And it's so concerning. There was a time where occasionally young people who were admitted to treatment centers would show signs of psychosis, a temporary break in reality that has now become the norm. Wow. The majority of kids that are inpatient at a, in treatment are showing uh, breaks in reality simply because of marijuana. And, and to this day, you know, I still will have young people say, but it's not addictive. Mm. I'm afraid it is. I'm sorry it is. Well, there's no withdrawal from it. I'm afraid that there is withdrawal. And, you know, and parents need to know that it's just not at all the same thing that they perhaps experienced. And that is a completely fine reason to have a conversation with your child and say, you know what? I'm not okay with you smoking marijuana. Yeah, I did smoke marijuana. It was weak enough that I didn't even really enjoy it that much. The stuff that's out there today, mm-hmm. it's going to grab you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Gretchen, I was just thinking about this from the parent perspective. So, it, so it, it's really important then for parents to to know and to understand that, um, again, historically, they can't base their um, parenting about marijuana on their own experiences. 
Um, although for a lot of parents listening to this, they were, they were, you know, they were youth growing up in the nineties, perhaps. Um, so it's also versus me who was, you know, growing up in the sixties when, yeah. um, right. So I was in that, you know, I was in that sixties, yeah. seventies, we were talking about a half of a percent, you know, 1%. And, you know, so for a number of our parents, perhaps they were using when marijuana yeah. was in the three to 4%. You Maybe know, three to four percent. Yeah. As me right? as a parent, when I was in in like high school, like I would I would say it. We didn't have any of. I don't think any of these other forms existed. No. Like the oils and the shatter and the dabbing and all of those things that are like forty mm-hmm. to ninety percent concentration. Right. Like our brains were never right. exposed to such high levels of THC, and I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that we're seeing is that okay, so this is happening now and it hasn't really been that long that all these products at such high levels of THC have existed. So we don't really know, you know, what'll happen in the next 30 years to those brains that are, you know, becoming dependent very quickly because the first experience and exposure that that they've had to see THC was baby at like 70, 80, 90%. So we don't really know. But like you said, Gretchen, I mean, the early research that exists is is pretty darn scary. I mean, thinking about psychosis mm-hmm. and schizophrenia and and those Cognitive types of things is impact on cognition and learning yep. and memory. Um, and so I think that parents then have to think that they have to be aware of the facts for current what we're talking about right now with marijuana. Um, and then I also think they need to sort of be aware of what are the signs because some of this is sneaky. So if I'm vaping and I'm vaping um, THC. Um, vaping is, it, it's hard. It's difficult to, to catch kids with these devices sometimes. It's difficult to know. There may not be this sort of like old school smell of marijuana that, you know, you could smell from, you know, between the walls of the apartment next to you kind of a thing. Um, so I really think that it's important that, you know, parents have the accurate facts, the information, recognize past marijuana, current marijuana, but also what are the classic signs so to look weird. for, it's are there weird. any red, all the red flags that they may or may not know? Isn't it weird that there's this strange normalization of marijuana yeah, at the totally. same time yes. that it's getting yeah. so dangerous? Yes. yes. Right? Like yeah. medical marijuana and then recreational, yeah. which I prefer, uh, Adult use, adult use. Marijuana, right? Um, right. But yeah, of yeah. course there's signs. There are, and, and yeah. um, so environmental signs. Mm-hmm. Like if a kid has a, a vape device, they're going to leave. So some of the things that a parent might notice are oily stains because these things leak. Um, oily stains on clothing, oily stains on furniture in their bedrooms. Um, And even though vaped THC smells less, Mm -hmm. it isn't as stinky, there's still a smell. And I know that that gets complicated because there's Axe body spray and (laughs) perfume. Yes. You know, we're we're all so afraid to just smell like human beings that we (laughs) were spritzing everything. (laughs) Febreze. But there is a smell. Um, So there are environmental signs. The, The behavioral signs, which is sort of hard because 
they're teenagers. Mm. It could be drugs or they're teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Almost anything. They have red eyes. Oh, they're smoking marijuana or they just broke up with their. So yeah. obviously, I would encourage parents to not jump to the frightening fear that it is drugs. But boy, oh boy, if you see the same behaviors over and over again, and they're not giving you a good enough reason as to why, yeah, then we can maybe assume that they're not telling you the truth. Psychological changes. Um, uh, if a kid is using, they could have impaired um, motor coordination. They could be acting weird, having euphoria because they're stoned. Um, you know, actually having anxiety. A, uh, a teen who didn't have anxiety is now having anxiety yeah, right. because marijuana actually does that. And social withdrawal. Um, uh, marijuana is, uh, is, is a party in one's own head. And it is very different for different people. So um, a person could be completely by themselves and, and intoxicated on marijuana and be completely fine, alone, having this little party inside their head. And if they're spending a lot of time away from, away, social withdrawal, that could be concerning. Or they're just a teenager. Like this yeah. is complicated. Physical yeah. signs, the red eyes still exist. Um, an increased appetite still exists. Uh, dry mouth is a new one that is associated more with vaping. These uh, products will cause dry mouth. Caffeine sensitivity, which is strange. Um, a kid mm. who used to maybe drink um, Red Bull or Monster, those awful tasting things, will suddenly not want you to buy any more for the child mm. because they're having caffeine sensitivity. Um, uh, they're having heart palpitations yeah. and even hallucinations, which is frightening. Because mm -hmm. isn't it true, Gretchen, that what, just like what you said, like as a per, if a person uses marijuana, regardless of the, well, there's a, regardless of the form, but there's a lot of unknowns. So depending the form you take it, whether you smoke it, whether you eat it, what if it's hash oil or dry leaf, whatever it is, you can't really anticipate how you're going to feel on it, which I, I know, you know, so some people might have that stimulant effect where they feel really awake and, and have the heart racing and those types of things. And some folks might still have the stimulant effect of the heart racing, but have that depressant effect where they feel like everything slows down. It helps me fall asleep. It helps me to calm down. So there's sort of is sort of this it's actually labeled Shoot as an element of it, sort yeah. of. It's a mixed, it's, I, I refer to it as a mixed action drug. Okay. Because nicotine is always a stimulant. Right. Cocaine mm -hmm. is a stimulant. Yep. Opiates yep. are depressants, yep. but right? Yep. right. Yep. Marijuana can be a stimulant, a depressant, a hallucinogen. hallucinogen. Based mm -hmm. on moment, based on dose, based on consumption, based on a lot of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the old days, we would say, well, you know, what's dangerous about marijuana is that 
you don't know what could be put in it. It could be lace, yep. even though right. common sense tells us that drug dealers don't put free <laughs> drugs in your drugs. Right. right? And that's also oh my bad business. Yeah. Uh-huh. But all of those things can happen because what's bad about marijuana is marijuana mm-hmm. is now this beast that yeah. is that and 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 kids are quick to realize what's scary about a mixed action drug is exactly what you guys just said. You don't know what you're gonna get. Right. Right. And back in the day when I was smoking marijuana before I got into recovery, it was the same feeling. It was like I'm a little sleepy. I'm a little giddy. Yeah. I'm a little hungry. I want to write bad poetry. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. different it was, now. That's and also, it. I think, you know, when you think about, I guess, regulation of it too, and just regulation, but also research and information, what we have about it, right? And if you were to compare it to alcohol, because I think that's a common argument too that maybe we'll talk about is that, you know, we'll, Marijuana is alcohol is so much worse than marijuana. I hear people say that a lot. Like no one's ever died from overdosing from marijuana, right? So those are the arguments that they say. You know, will say. One and I'm of not my saying. favorite arguments because everybody thinks that. So number one, they're apples and oranges, mm. right? And isn't it interesting that everybody compares? This is P.S. Not pro alcohol mm-hmm. and because neither are acceptable or appropriate for teenage brains but right. it's interesting that people compare marijuana to the mm-hmm. worst the worst behavior around alcohol the wasted mm-hmm. the drunk and yes alcohol can be the cause of violence and sexual assault and um terrible decisions, but the majority of alcohol consumed by adults is either consumed appropriately, moderately, or not at all. So we are taking this whole substance, marijuana, comparing it to a, the behavior of a very small amount. Mm-hmm. When in reality, there are, it, it can't be compared because there are alcohol Again, not to sound pro-alcohol because I'm not, right. but, but uh, an adult has one drink and there's almost no change. Two drinks, three drinks. There are stages to right. get to that. There's only really, and again, no offense to people, but there's really only one purpose for marijuana. That's to get high. Mm-hmm. It's an on or off switch, right? Yeah. If that makes sense. That's true. It's true. And also mm-hmm. we have, and alcohol has been around long enough, like kind of to the argument of we've never seen marijuana with THC this high before. We yeah, just haven't. And we don't have anything. So if you get pulled over for driving under the influence after you use marijuana, we don't have widely spread. I know they're coming up with them, but it's not commonplace to have a breathalyzer. And we don't have the things that exist in society Comparing it, and again, same as you said, not to be pro-alcohol, but comparing, when you compare the two, it's like with alcohol, you have blood alcohol content levels. You know that when you think about time, amount, the regulated percent per by volume, all those things it's, it exist. So I think it's, it's an interesting norm that marijuana seems so much 
maybe more accepted or Mm -hmm. less risky, the perception of risk is much lower um, than maybe other substances, which I just find interesting. And I, and I agree. And I think education is the key because even young people will sort of push aside their peers. Marijuana, it's only marijuana, right? Even kids under, you know, and those of us that work in the field of prevention and early intervention, and then, you know, care and treatment centers, which is boots on the ground, front facing intervention. There is nothing about what we're seeing in marijuana that should ever cause a person to be like, it's just marijuana. (laughs) But you're right, marijuana is perceived as softer, easier than alcohol when really, a can of Budweiser is a can of Budweiser. It's been the same Budweiser for the past 30 years. You know what you're getting. It's not the same yeah. thing with marijuana. But I think, Gretchen, it's uh, to go back to uh, your, your other one of your points about um, at the same time that it's as dangerous and what we're seeing is also at the same time that the perception is that it's that it's accepted, that it's healthier, that it's safer. So attitudes will drive behavior, right? So regardless of the facts and the science and the amount and the everything we just talked about for the last 30 minutes, just put it over there because the gap between knowledge and behavior is like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> so it's like, where the heck is that? Mm-hmm. So we got to look at attitudes. So when we look at the, the Pennsylvania Youth Survey data and we see sixth graders saying, marijuana, dangerous, marijuana, bad, not for me. Go to eighth grade. It starts to go a little bit like, yeah, it's still really bad. No, 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 no. 10th grade. Oh, well, you know, not so bad. By 12th grade, now you're starting to see the attitude of it, it's safer than alcohol. It's safer than cigarettes. Um, all of the things that we're just talking about, the misperceptions or the misinformation, that attitude is driving that increase that Chrissy mentioned earlier on in the program of 48% of 10th graders and 54%. You know, um, when you start, so grade, just to clarify, so 48% of your existing with, marijuana why the users are vaping. Existing are vaping, vapor, vaping, people that vape. Right. Yeah, as opposed to 48%. What they're vaping is yeah, marijuana. Yeah. yeah, but just all of that sort of general attitude change of when I'm in sixth grade going, no, no, no. So it always, I find it really interesting is like, you know, like what's happening there? Because in sixth grade, when I'm whatever, I am 11 or 12 years old, I know parts of it, right? But it's all of that stuff about adolescent and risk-taking behavior and messaging and social media and perhaps parental influences or parents not having this information, whatever it is. Um, and, and it does, and we get to this legal, I have this question to ask you about legalization here in a second, and what are the laws around marijuana use, but just what we, just because we legislate something, you know, we say, you know, there's a penalty, doesn't necessarily change people's behaviors to not do something either, right? We can go down a whole list of things we, we legislate, legal, not legal, and people are still doing it anyway. So I just find this to be like, like very interesting. And I, I don't have an answer to how to shift adolescent perceptions and attitudes since that will drive ultimately their behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, around you're use. right. Like perception drive, anticipatory socialization is a term yeah. 
about, I believe it's going to be true. And that's what I think people are doing. So I'm going to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, you know, so uh, if, if, if seniors going into college think that freshmen in college are something out of Animal House and that there's like a egg party every night. And, and I have heard that the you know, freshman year is, you know, a, just a debauchery. They're <laughs> going to prepare for that and then look for it. Anticipatory socialization. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. somewhere between sixth grade and eighth grade, mm. they're hearing things because social norms and false perception are based on things we think because we've overheard it. Mm -hmm. right? So exactly. what are they overhearing? And I do think, and I say this with love because parents have the right to have a life, but kids hear everything they say. Mm -hmm. and, and I would hate for a parent to think that they have to gauge every conversation, right. but it's not that hard to have maybe private conversations, adult only conversations when you're talking about things like the normalcy of marijuana yeah. you know, or how we, you know, we do tend to talk politics in front of our kids and stuff like that. We should do the best we can to make it clear that if we're talking about a developing brain, substances are unacceptable. Why? Because mm -hmm. we love you. And I'm sorry you're mad at me that I won't let you go to the party or try the thing. And mm -hmm. I don't care that Susie's parents let her. Mm -hmm. I'm not because I love you. And then mm -hmm. you end up being your child's parent, which is so much harder than being their friend. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was raised by a mom who was kind of my friend. And I really needed a mom. Really. Mm -hmm. You know, I was raised feral. Kids need parents. It's, mm. And it's the yeah. hardest thing in the world. It, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's very hard to balance. That's really mm -hmm. good points. Thank you. Uh, um, but, oh, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and we, and kind of to your point, we also know that when you set that boundary and kind of that mm -hmm. rule of like, here's the deal. Drinking age is 21 in Pennsylvania. That's the law. We don't drink alcohol in this house unless you're over the age of 21. If alcohol is even consumed in your house. Marijuana is an illegal substance in PA right. under these, you know, parameters. We know that when there's very specific no use blanket, no use uh, rules in a household that parents set and that they maintain and are firm with that overall that, you know, Parents are still the number one influence in kids' lives. You so, just stole my line. That's yeah. exactly so they sorry. are. And they good, don't good, think. Good, good, good. But we don't think we are because are. our kids are like, whatever, and rolling their eyes at oh, us all the time. But God. really, we are. And so by having that firm guideline, just that one thing alone is, and making sure that that rule is enforced and held as much as you can, um, really does delay and prevent use of substances. Right. And it's not hypocritical. It's not hypocritical. Mom and dad get to have a beer and mm -hmm. maybe smoke a joint mm -hmm. and then say to their child, it's not okay for you to do it. And it has nothing, even if law wasn't involved, it's about brain development. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because the longer they put off putting delay. the stuff into their lifestyle, the better off yep. they're going to be. Better yep. delay. Right. Okay. So with that, because Chrissy was, uh, 
was just kind of taking us to that next question that we have that is about legalization. And of course, there's debate on national levels. There's debate here in the state of Pennsylvania about where we're going with this. So when we're talking um, adult use of marijuana and medicinal marijuana. So currently for Pennsylvania, so we'll talk about this. And, uh, and I know we can have look at all the studies that are happening across the country in states that have legalized you know, the adult use um, and the good, bad and ugly, I guess around that. Um, for in Pennsylvania then, uh, what are the laws? They're pretty simple. Um, currently it is illegal for adults to purchase marijuana for recreational purposes. Um, that is still the law in Pennsylvania and you know, I for one am grateful, at, at least currently, that that is happening. Um, but it is medically legal uh, for people, not mm -hmm. just over the age of 21, to get a uh, medical ID card and have a prescription uh, to uh, to go to a dispensary, get marijuana for 17 different um, mm -hmm. things that it's approved to treat. And that's really about as simple as it is, except that it's also still very, very complicated. Um, right. And I'm, you know, right now that's what it is. And, and how you're old right, you it is changing and things are changing. Federally, it might yeah. change. Uh, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania states probably will be changing. It looks like that's the direction that mm -hmm. we're moving. That's right. And how old do you have to be to get a medical marijuana card? Did you say that? I'm sorry, I missed it. Um, well, typically over 21, but a young person can get access to marijuana if they have a caregiver registered. And that caregiver can be anyone over the age of 21 who fills out an application pays a fee, gets approved, they can go to a dispensary and buy marijuana for that child. Hmm. If they fall, if so, if they check one of the boxes for the conditions that it's been approved and, for as a medicinal usage. And there but are- I bet there's- A lot, <laughs> it's a long list. Yeah. yeah. So Gretchen, what would you say to parents, advice that you would give them if their child comes to them and says, well, did you ever do this when you were younger? Or what did you do? What would you recommend how parents to answer that question? That is like every parent's nightmare, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I, I think I, that's the big question. Um, bum, bum, bum. So if you have not had your child asked that question. And in PS, I think that parents are so afraid of that question. They are sometimes, and I say this with love, like afraid to talk about making healthy decisions because they're afraid their kids are gonna bring up that question. So they avoid the topic altogether. And this is, this is not a topic you have to avoid because you're not that freaking cool. Right? <laughs> And you have a couple things in your pocket, like one, substances were different, especially marijuana. But yeah. so this is my advice to parents. Be prepared for the big question. 
And what I mean by that is we are living in times that it would be very hard pressed to find an adult who doesn't know of another adult who's had their life destroyed by substances. Mm. That is the person you want to keep in mind, right? Because that's the person that you want to utilize for this. Your child comes up to you and says, well, did you use substances when you were my age? A lot of times the parent's first thought is to lie, which I totally get, but I encourage you not to. But I also encourage you not to tell you everything, Mm. you know, (laughs) because that also can happen. You can say to your child, yeah, I I did smoke marijuana and I kind of liked it. And if you didn't like it, share that and why you didn't like it. Or if you were afraid of it, share that. Because again, we want to normalize non-use, but let's say you did. And, and then you stopped. And aren't you freaking lucky you stopped? So you want to say to your kid, if I could have you replicate my experience where you try and you stop, you would be much more likely to let them do it. But what if they end up like your friend, the friend who life was devastated, like Jim or Bob or Sue? And you could say that to your child if they know this person. I'm afraid for you to do this because of Jim. What if your experience is like like his and he lost his family and he lost his job? That's the reason I don't. I'm afraid that you'll end up like him instead of like me. And there's no guarantee. And because I know so much more and I love you so much, I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe from it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that allows you to be, and in this is vulnerability and authenticity and love and fear, which is something that I think our kids can witness in us. You know, we tend to, as adults, think that we have our act together. Mm-hmm. And this is way out of our depths. And the more real that we can be with kids and share our just absolute fear that something awful is going to happen to them, you know, so that we will be, we will be your fully developed brain until mm-hmm. yours is fully developed, right? And so that's one way of dealing with it. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a tough question. It's going to come be prepared for it. And then if you kind of have a plan, you're going to be like, oh, I can't wait for the big question. Why haven't they asked me the big question? Yeah. Yeah. And I know from reading, um, and I've brought her book up before, uh, Jess Leahy, her book, The Addiction Inoculation. She has a whole segment in there about how to share your previous, maybe own personal use when you were an adolescent or younger. And she just shared and wrote a story in there about how I can't remember. It might've been somebody had done that with their kids. And then the kids later on said, man, they made that sound really, really fun. So like, just to make sure you're not glamorizing it, making it sound super fun. That is the Um, bottom line of prevention. Yep. Is, is, and I'm a recovering addict. So I am talking to people, you know, kids who ask me questions and I Mm. have to pause and make sure that everything that comes out of my mouth is truthful 
yet mm-hmm. the lesson that's learned is the devastation. You can't glamorize it. Can't glamorize it. And also don't, like you said, kind of keep it appropriate. You don't have to share every single thing. <laughs> and right. then when I was in college, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> True. Okay. Good point. Yeah. All right. So to wrap up, we always like to end with some take action tips and you've shared many and we just kind of talked about a few, but if people are listening to this and then by the time this is over and they go are driving in the car with their kids from an activity or pick them up off the bus or from school, what would you say would be one thing that parents could do today relating to marijuana in this topic? Um, So parents of elementary school kids and then parents of middle school and high school. So those adolescent parents. (laughs) one thing one thing one thing one to Um, do one and I you know I can never just do one but parents of middle school high school if you think there's a if you think there's something off and if you don't know what to do ask for help Um, take action don't hope that it's a phase um, get in their lives, be in their business. Um, I have had experiences with parents who were worried about their 16 year old who became a 17 year old who became an 18 year old, and then they couldn't do anything because they were adults, right? That is tragic for elementary school kids. Love them in their unique strange little weirdness Hmm. because nothing is more important than self-esteem raise child raise a kid who doesn't have an empty hole inside of Mm. them that looks to ways to fill that hole right listen to them a little allow those little conversations every time they want to come and talk about dinosaurs and you're so sick of dinosaurs (laughs) You let them talk to you about dinosaurs, because if they're comfortable talking to you about dinosaurs, they're going to talk to you about, you know, benzodiazepines. Hmm. So it's the little things that become the big things. So Gretchen, yeah. So obviously in this, in, in our, uh, our, today's episode, there's a ton of great information um, that you shared with us in a really, really tight, short period of time. So um, if any of our listeners would like to find out more information, on this topic, um, how do they find you and Karen Treatment Centers um, and resources? Of course, we'll put a lot of this information in the show notes after the episode. Um, but what can you uh, share with our listeners right now? Um, I'm just going to give uh, Karen's website because it is chock full of yeah. resources and blogs. The blogs are so lush. And so many topics and so easy to read. Um, so it's www.karen.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a wonderful episode. And I, and I know that our listeners are going to feel the same way about this information. It's incredibly timely and useful. We really appreciate your time with us today. Thank you. 
Thank you everyone for joining us and listening in today. Again, check the show notes um, in your podcast player to tap links to everything that we talked about and contact information and other resources. Um, And also, if you want to tap the little check mark to subscribe or follow on your podcast player so that you stay up to date with all of our um, episodes as they come out every other Monday, make sure you subscribe and we will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye.